I'm Avery Smith of the Rock Candy Podcast Network, and you're listening to Blessed Are the Binary Breakers, a multi-faith podcast of transgender stories. Hello, all. I'm so glad I'm finally going to share the extra content from my conversation with Neville that took place a few months ago. If you didn't listen to the first episode with them, Neville is a queer Catholic in Australia who both studies and creates art. Oh, but before we get into that, I wanted to promote a different podcast episode, one that my friend Laura and I recorded on their podcast, Autistic Liberation Theology. Our episode was all about Cain and Abel from Genesis 4. Laura came up with the best pun ever, spelling the word ableism, which is discrimination against disabled persons, as ableism, like the name of Cain's little brother, Abel, ableism. Get it? Laura's main idea is that when we explore the Cain and Abel story through a disability lens, we find that ableism is rooted in a refusal to acknowledge and accept one's limitations. That being limited, being finite, being vulnerable and interdependent are all part of what it means to be human as God designed us but ableism keeps us from accepting these things as true. We are taught that any form of dependence or vulnerability is a character flaw, so we try to kill those parts of ourselves and others. It's heavy stuff, but don't worry. We also make plenty of room for humor in our conversation. So go check that out on Autistic Liberation Theology, the podcast. I'll include a link in the show notes. The last small housekeeping thing that I have is just to let you all know that I'm going to be shrinking down my podcasting output to just one episode a month, at least for a little while. I love making this podcast, but it also eats up a lot of my time, and there are some other projects that I'm working on right now and that I really want to be able to focus on. For example, if you are interested in learning how to dig into the original Hebrew or Greek of a Bible passage, even if you don't have the time and resources to, you know, actually learn Biblical Hebrew and Greek, I've started a YouTube series to help you do that. So search for Blessed Are the Binary Breakers on YouTube and go to the Bible Tools Tour playlist to find those videos. Okay. Back to the topic of today's episode, the bonus content from my talk with Neville. I highly recommend that at some point you go back and listen to Neville's first episode, if you haven't already heard it. It's episode 38, Finding the Power in Our Queerness and Rebellion in Our Love. But all you need to know to understand this episode is that Neville took me on a tour of European art's Renaissance period. They told me so many incredible things that it was too much for one episode. 
So I saved some of the bits that I thought were the most fun, and that's what you'll be hearing today, or reading along to if you're using the transcript. As you listen to these anecdotes about some of the ethics of Renaissance art, the rules about what was allowed in paintings and what was considered immoral, I invite you to consider the rules about morality in your own time and place. Most of us may not consider babies inherently sinful anymore, or be scandalized by the idea of a saint with dirty feet, but we certainly continue to demonize sex workers. And we continue to have plenty of rules about who and what is pure. So, I hope this episode opens you up to pondering for your own time and place what gets labeled clean, appropriate, moral, and why. Why are certain bodies deemed broken, disordered, or inferior? Why are certain kinds of sexual activity, even between consenting adults, deemed sinful or perverse? Okay, down from my soapbox I go. I promise this is a fun and really funny episode. Let's dive into manly babies and cuckolded Joseph right after you hear about another great show on the Rock Candy Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Peter Santoscano. I host Bubble and Squeak here on the Rock Candy Network. I tell personal, revealing stories. He whispered, did you just masturbate? Because I felt a terrible presence of evil enter the... I make prank phone calls to the past. Heimbach. General Star, Elijah Heimbach speaking. How may I help? Into the future. <clears throat> because my boyfriend and I are just not having enough sex. Always a problem with the pop sex. You just have to listen to it. It's too hard to describe. Check out Bubble and Squeak wherever you listen to podcasts. On the topic of like the Renaissance art, um, one thing you said you knew about that I need to ask you is why they why they would make baby Jesus look like a small bald man. I need to know. He does look like a small bald man. Renaissance babies are hideous. What were they doing? I know they had the skill. I mean, there's like layers. There's layers to the answer for this. I mean, part of it is the whole, they weren't allowed to study anatomy thing. And so they just didn't know. And then part of it is that before the Renaissance, a lot of those manuscripts were painted by monks. And they hadn't seen a baby in a a long time. What's a woman look like? We don't know. We we're monks. There's just men here. We don't know. That's There's actually... some amazing images that I've seen of like the Virgin Mary breastfeeding, and like her breast is in the center of her chest, and Jesus looks just like a small man, and it's oh so bizarre. Gosh. Oh my gosh, they were trying I mean, so hard. <laughs> they really were. They just oh did not know what it looked like. Yeah. The, there is an actual reason, though. If you want the actual mm-hmm. like religious reason that they gave for why he looked like that Uh um was that at the time babies weren't baptized until later on they weren't baptized till they were adults and jesus wasn't baptized until he was an adult remember right yes because you know it's the whole thing yeah so a baby was still sinful it was still a sinful little creature but they couldn't imagine jesus being a sinful little creature oh my god so they depicted him as a small man instead of a baby because if he was a small man as opposed to a baby then he could still be holy and reverent but wow that's a great idea in theory but in practice you end up with baby jesus with abs and a monk's haircut yeah 
who's like three feet or something. <laughs> it's it's not a good look, but it is amazing. That is, and that's such interesting history. Just to like, especially like being Catholic and knowing, like you know the the doctrine that states that Jesus was not born with original sin, right? And so. Hmm. Why can't he be depicted as a baby? But it's just like that is in their sort of their mind, you know, their brain that babies are sinful. It's a cultural thing. You see that in a lot of early art where things that were cultural to that time became something that we see as, oh, that's just how religion Mm -hmm. is. That's just how Catholicism is. But no, that was a cultural thing that came out of that time Mm -hmm. period. Like Mary's veil being blue wasn't always blue. Sometimes it was mm-hmm. red. Sometimes it was white or purple. Mm-hmm. Like early depictions had a different color. Mm-hmm. But now we go, Mary has a blue veil. Mm-hmm. That's what she looks like. That's how we know it's her. Right. Or Joseph yeah. has a long beard and is yeah. an older man. They changed the depiction of Joseph, Joseph, the stepfather of Jesus, that Joseph. They changed the depiction of him. Yeah, what is with that? So the reason was, and it's, it was something I learned about one of my earliest classes because I always wondered too, why does he look like an old man? Yeah. Because he probably wouldn't have been, like, we know he's older than Mary, yeah. but he probably wouldn't have been that old. <laughs> like 60 um, years old. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> but the reason was a cultural thing because, of course, it was. So mm-hmm. they knew that Mary was a young woman mm-hmm. and they knew that she was pregnant and they knew that Joseph was older than her, but not old, mm-hmm. but culturally. What people interpreted that as is this man who's been cuckolded from his wife. <laughs> oh my and God. culturally, that was something that was a bit unacceptable. Mm. And you would look, be looked down upon if that happened to you in the time period. Mm-hmm. So that's why he was depicted like that, because they were looking down on Joseph. Oh, my gosh. So he's depicted as old or ugly, or sometimes he's not even in the frame. Like, he'll be off to the side and not in the picture. <laughs> Because they were like, well, he's not part of the family. And so he's off to the side. Yeah, that's so sad. But in the Renaissance, they reinterpret it. And they're like, well, actually, he did step up to the plate and raise Mm -hmm. Jesus. And he he was an important part of his life. So, you know, you see him looking younger or being closer in the family. And then you get the Holy Family as opposed to the Madonna and Child. Because they actually started doing it so often there was a name for it. Mm. There's a beautiful little Mm -hmm. painting. I forget who it was by, but it's... It just showed Joseph playing with Jesus while oh, Mary sitting by the fire. It's just a yeah. beautiful picture of an actual family scene. Mm-hmm. And it made me so happy when I finally saw like yeah. a normal family scene as opposed to those weird like stuffy family yes. portraits yeah, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. disgruntled stepfather in the corner. <laughs> they they look so weird and he always looks so grumpy in them. That is so fascinating though that just their cultural assumptions about what a cuckold looks like. So like, and then applying that to Joseph. Mm. Um, it's just, yeah, it's so interesting. Like the labels we give each other and how it impacts, you know, it's just, they're taking those stereotypes and putting it in their art. Like I'm, I love Joseph. I, like, come on. Yeah, I He's know. a cool guy. Like you said, he stepped up to the plate. Joseph like, deserves better. <laughs> he, he deserved better than to be the ugly old man in the corner. <laughs> so I'm really glad when he, you know, he got his glow up yes. in the Renaissance period. Yes. Shaved a little bit, got back with the family. <laughs> it's, just, it's just fascinating that one, like a couple of people started interpreting it that way and then it just mm. spiraled. And mm. then everyone was like, this is it. This is how you depict him. This is what he looks like. Yeah. It's like, no, just 
couple of people started doing that. You don't all need to depict yes. him like that. And they're like, no, no, no. This is how we we're, do it. We're going to do it now. This is the trend. Yeah. And so many artistic things started that way mm-hmm. where just a couple of people did it. Mm-hmm. And then everyone just ran with it. Yeah. It was like, yep, this is a tradition. Yeah. It's wow. always going to look this way now. Wow. And you can't undo it. You try and suggest something else. People are like, no, no, it's not what it looks like. What I'm about to bring up is like a way bigger issue type thing, but <laughs> do you think that's part of why some people really resist non-white versions of Jesus or of the Holy Family? Absolutely. I think it's different because then we also have issues like, ra- you know, racism being involved, but just being like, well, this is, we always paint him white. This is what he looks like in our mind now. And that's all he can be. You see it so often and it just annoys the crap out of me because it wouldn't be accurate mm-hmm. from we it would not have been accurate there's no way he would have been white right. it just doesn't make sense mm-hmm. um and i mean part of me i'm used to seeing it because that's the way that i was growing up and that's the way you were raised and when you're a kid right. and you get a, a coloring book with jesus in it at, you know your little sunday school and things mm-hmm. you would have colored them white because that's what the paintings look like but it's not accurate. Yeah. Well, and you study paintings. Yeah. Like you, you study paintings that are, I assume, like pretty much all white Jesus. They are. They are all white Jesus. But yeah. again, the reason originally that they were painted that partly was, yeah, racism. Some of it was just straight yeah. up racism. But some of it was that people were trying to interpret these figures how they understood them at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and an example of that is... Uh, a revolutionary painting by Caravaggio, which was showing the disciples being called to Jesus. I, but it was Jesus essentially walking into a building and you know, literally calling to them to come mm. with him. Yeah. But they're all wearing contemporary clothing. They're wearing the clothing of the Renaissance right. and of the mm-hmm. Baroque. Mm-hmm. And so we nowadays look at that and like, oh, yeah, they're wearing old-timey clothing. But <laughs> in that time period, they looked at that and were like, they look like us. They look like we do right now. And so I think that might have been part of the white Jesus things. They wanted to see him as they see themselves in their time time period. Yeah. So So it would be like if we painted Jesus in a suit, like something or like probably like our more formal clothing, but yeah, they, they just wanted to see what they would look like in their time period. So you'll see them in, you know, Renaissance clothing. They'll have hose. They'll have doublets, which was not a thing that would have been worn right. at all no. at that time period. No, no way were they going out in woolen hose and doublets. Especially in the Middle East. like <laughs> Yeah, wool, wool hose and doublets oh. were definitely what you want to be wearing in the Middle East. I mean, I've, yeah. I've worn full woolen garb in Australia before for some of my reenactment stuff. It's actually very comfortable, but I would not do it every day yeah. for fun. Yeah. Uh, it, it certainly does get hot when you're on like your fourth layer or so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but when you're making a painting, you don't care about the people's comfort. Right. Or about the realism <laughs> of it. Right. You're just like, I, I want to know what Mary would have looked like if she was wearing a jornia yeah. and a gamada over the top. You, you mm-hmm. want to know what she would have looked like. Yeah. If she was alive today. Exactly. Yeah. And like you mentioned that um, it was Caravaggio got in trouble for like painting using a model who was a sex worker for her. Like, mm. but I actually like, I I I feel like you tell me like was he just trying to doing it for the laughs and to like kind of poke fun at at the Catholics who 
called for it? Or did he, because if, like, for me, it would be, like, a sort of statement about, you know, that, like, how we place women in these different, you know, Mary equals pure and sex workers equals sinful, like, mm. and how he's like, no, actually, you know, like, what if we blurred them? Like, it's sad that the real answer is nowhere near as good as that, because there is a real answer, but it's nowhere near that good. Right. I, f- I mean, I figured. <laughs> the real answer is that Caravaggio always needed a model he couldn't draw from his head he needed a model and prostitutes were just the cheapest models Mm. to get and the most available and particularly when he was drawing the mother and child there was a particular model because if he used her the same model like two or three times so we know it's the same person Mm -hmm. um and she had a child and he was like hey you you have a child (laughs) perfect Can, (laughs) can you can you bring a kid along like i'll get you here you'll be the madonna and child be perfect Mm -hmm. so for him, it was just a matter of convenience. Okay. But the Catholic Church did not see it that way. They right. were like, you depicted the Virgin Mary with a prostitute. Yeah. How how could you have done that? How can you create this juxtaposition between, you know, the Virgin and the prostitute? It, yeah. You know, they couldn't comprehend that that was anything other than an insult. But he didn't really in, intend it to be an insult. Yeah. Um, or there was even a very famous painting of the Madonna that he did, which was the death of the Madonna. And there was oh. very strict rules about how you had to depict that. And you had to show the ascension into heaven afterwards. I was going to say, did that? <laughs> but you had to show the ascension. Right. Yeah. But he didn't. Uh-oh. He showed this woman on a deathbed who'd already died with like her hand outstretched and her head's like lulled a little bit. She's not very regal looking at all. And all <laughs> these disciples around her are just wailing and they're just distraught. Mm. Like they're, mm. they're, they're so upset by her death. It's not a somber scene by any means. Yeah. And there's no ascension. Mm. It, it, the, that's just it. It's just that scene. Mm-hmm. And the church was like, you, you can't do this because she looks like a human woman. <laughs> How dare she look human? <laughs> and Caravaggio was like, but she was a human woman. Yeah. Like, she, you know, she wasn't always this beautiful, perfect person that we're depicting her as. She was human. Yeah. And in her day, especially, like, with the scandal of being pregnant out of wedlock, Mm. The fact that we then, like, we, like, you know, Catholic history has elevated her to this perfect purity. In her own day, she would have been seen as, I mean, like, she probably, like, possibly would have been what we would now call, like, slut-shamed. Like, like, she did something very sexually inappropriate. And, and now we're like, no, she was sexually pure and never had sex ever. And it's like, well, maybe, but yeah, culturally, when we're talking about, like, how she was viewed, she wasn't viewed that way. <laughs> She wasn't. Yeah, so that's, that's like, I like that his art reminds us of that. Yeah. It's just a shame that he probably didn't intend it that. He, yeah. His stuff is just not that intelligent. I, I love kind of like it, but I don't <laughs> think he intended that to be enough. the interpreter. Yeah. Unlike Michelangelo, who was going for the meaning, he mm-hmm. was not. He was just trying to paint a painting, and mm-hmm. everyone else just got all fussy about the details, and he's like, but... She was available. I just needed a model. <laughs> she had a baby. It was perfect. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, I've yeah. seen the images that were made with that model and the baby. They're very nice images. They also got banned mm. because they showed her dirty mm. foot and the church banned it because of that. Oh, no. How how dare you have dirty feet? Oh, my gosh. It's not, not even the first time. Multiple oh paintings gosh. of his got banned specifically because of dirty feet. 
which is hilarious to me. They, they like, yeah, just really like Mary's not allowed to be at all corrupted by the world, even literal dirt. Mm-hmm. Is just, yeah, it's fascinating. No, she's got to be pure. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. Even pilgrims have visited her. There was a pilgrim one. Mm-hmm. They had a little pilgrim who'd walked the whole way, you know, had a walking stick and a cloak mm-hmm. and had dirty feet because he'd been walking the whole way to see her. And the church was like, no, nah, can't have that. Can't have dirty feet in our good Catholic church. Yeah. Oh, wow. But you can have the martyr over there that's being beheaded. That's fine. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it is, yeah, it's just fascinating, like, and, like, as, like, as, as a queer Catholic, just knowing, like, I don't know, like, I feel like there's a link there between this need for holy bodies to be perfectly clean bodies, Mm. and then how they, what they say about our bodies and, and soul, you know, our, our being, like, it's just, you know, life is messier than you can't, you can't keep it pristine and you can't box it into the, you know, the neat boxes that you want to. It's not going to work out. I've always thought that's so hypocritical. The the whole like narrative of God made you the way you are. So you can't make any changes. I, I thought that's so hypocritical. So many people get changes or have <laughs> yeah. Even not necessarily physical, but, you know, a metaphorical transformation. What do you mean I can't make changes? Mm-hmm. And not only that, but yeah. you, you see it a lot in, you know, an anti-trans narrative of you can't change your body or like God made you the way you are and he made you a girl kind of thing. Right. It's like, well, if he made me the way I am, then he made me trans and he made me non-binary and he made me feel this way yes, and yeah. want to identify this way. And so I'm just doing what he wants me to do. If, you know, if he didn't want me to be like this, he wouldn't have made me like this. So I am exactly how God made me to be. This is how he made Mm -hmm. me to be. But I think, you know, people don't want to see that side of the narrative so much, but that's the one that I love so much. I think is such a beautiful narrative. Yeah. But they don't really, you know, like it so much when you bring that back up to people. But I think it's a cool narrative. I think more people should bring it up. Yeah. Like you're saying, like, yeah, literally everyone grows and changes in some way. It's not, we're not born like little small men, like baby Jesus in artwork. <laughs> <laughs> we're not born little small bald men. Yeah. <laughs> like, we have to grow into that. <laughs> like this little baby's already got a monk's haircut fresh out the womb. What are you doing? <laughs> Why? And like, was he doing sit-ups in there? Yeah. They usually give him abs too. I don't, I don't get it. He's a baby. Let him be chubby. He's a little baby. Yeah, yeah, really, though. <laughs> Those early artists, they just didn't know how to depict people. And I love it, but I cringe. I mean, when you mentioned that, a lot of them were like monks living isolated and just remembering that, like, you know, nowadays you can Google reference pics and they didn't have that. I guess I'll, mm. I'll cut them a little bit of slack. A little bit. <laughs> people figured out art really slowly. Like, someone would learn how to do something like linear perspective is a great example because they tied religion into that because of course they did mm-hmm. when they figured out how to make a room look realistic or to how like to show something in the background and make it look realistic and proportionate right it blew people's minds that you mm-hmm. could do this but they people actually stopped doing it there were people who made a point to not use it because they thought it was like 
dishonest. Oh my gosh. Or that you were trying to trick people's eyes. That's so funny. And it's like, no, I just want to paint a room really good. They're like, how dare you? Like, there's amazing images where people couldn't put people in rooms. So you end up with like, Mary looks like she's floating slightly, but it's not intentional. Or like people are kneeling before her, but they're like going through the walls slightly. Weird things are happening. <laughs> and they were like, no, 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 this is how it's meant to be. At least I'm not being dishonest and using linear perspective to make the room make sense and then you know da vinci uses linear perspective one time and everyone's like oh actually no we decided that we like this now yeah like oh that is cool yeah well he he had this whole thing where all the lines lined up to jesus's head so he made it religious and they were like oh now it's okay oh he made it fit, like... He made it fit the narrative. Again, like, again, I feel like this can be traced to, like, queerness and transness. Just this fear of new, like, things they don't recognize. Mm. They immediately decide are blasphemous, are not holy. Yeah. Anything new or different... Is automatically dishonest and bad. Wow. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. This has been such a delight. Yeah, I've had a great time. <laughs> Thank you.